once again to Pop Up Culture, the official podcast of Pop Up Fizzle's YouTube channel. I'm Jeff. I'm Heidi. And we are back this week to talk about um, just kind of fandom in general. We wanted to do an episode where we focused on us and kind of how we got involved in this pop culture thing and some of the some of the fandom side of things that we enjoy and that we've had interactions with and that kind of thing, uh, just so you get to know us a little bit better and why we do what we do and uh, why we spend so much time. Uh, working on a YouTube channel that very few people follow right now, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's growing by by steps and many bounds. Sure, <laughs> I wasn't sure where you're going with that. Steps yeah. and many wheats, steps <laughs> and Fruit Loops. I don't know. Okay, we uh, no, we started our channel basically uh, for those of you that don't join us on YouTube that are just listening to this. We started our channel basically because um, Heidi works a lot. She, she's got an, a strange schedule, so always uh, third shift, late nights, all that. So uh, you basically need like a whiteboard and a lot of string to really kind of and a degree in calculus to, to figure follow out her schedule. schedule. Yeah. Um, but what happens for us is that we, when we do have time to spend together, of course, we, we've got a lot of family uh, things going on, lots of kids things happening. Um, so when she and I get alone time, pretty much what we do is we just chill and watch something, you know, binge something on Netflix, um, go see a movie in the theater back when that was a thing. Remember those days? Remember when. And, um, and then we always talk, you know, whether it's in the car on the way home or whether it's just sitting on the couch as we're watching the show, we break down our thoughts about um, the show. And, and, you know, we found ourselves doing it so much and watching so much YouTube wherein people were doing the same basic thing. And Heidi was like, you know, we could we could film this. We yeah. could just do this in front of camera. Yeah, just put a camera on us and have us talk about the things that we like, dislike, break down stuff, kind of pull in, you know, our own, like, backgrounds into, like, just discussing everything that we watch. Sure. And that was the sort of inciting idea was, uh, you know, that, that we do this anyway. So just turn the camera on and uh, and whatever we watch we'll talk about. It. So we started real slow. We started with uh, trailer know, trailers, trailer reactions, uh, giving our thoughts on those and whether we were excited to see them. And then it was like, well, we, you know, we reacted to the trailer and then we went and saw the movie when it came out. So maybe we should do a review. And we did those. For it real quick. And so we had our own rating scale and we still do we just of course theaters are closed down right now and that's okay um and that's okay that's how things need to be right now but we would rate things on a scale of a pop a double pop or a fizzle a a pop being you know go out and and see it if it's the kind of movie that you'll enjoy um you know it's worth seeing definitely but maybe you don't need to spend the the big money on seeing it in the theater a double pop was like rush out and see it now Mm -hmm. and then a fizzle was you know save your money i want to say that we rarely have ever gave fizzles so i mean we we recognize that so much work gets put into putting creativity up on screen there are people behind the scenes that are doing their best so we don't we don't even if we see something that's just not our speed, we, we try to find the good things in it. Yeah. So unless a movie was just a cinematic Terrible. wet fart, we <laughs> we would try to not give it a fizzle. Um, and I believe there's another word for that, but yes. that's okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So we you know we try to be generous, and um, but as far as the double pop, that one was a hard one to give out because yeah, you know something had to really blow us away for you know for it to, for us to say. Uh, you know, with our reputation <laughs> on the line, whatever that is, uh, to say, go out, you know, drop what you're doing, go see this movie now. Um, but surprisingly, you know, there were quite a few things, you know, uh, we're big MCU fans, so mm-hmm. MCU movies, um, as long as they, 
you know, weren't too out there. I mean, I can't think of too many MCU movies that, for the visuals and the spectacle alone, that we didn't say, you know, was a, a double pop. But I could be I could be misremembering that. I do that a lot. I, I feel like there was a lot of stuff that you know, uh, for especially for MCU movies. I mean, there was just a lot worth seeing on a big screen. So there, you know, we we would put that disclaimer in there. It's like if you really want to see these things, a big screen is a better thing for these things. But I remember. I mean, I've gone to see movies that as I sat there in the theater, and and because of your schedule, there were times when I had to go to movies by myself, well, which well. I don't I don't mind doing, but. You know, it's not my favorite way to go see a movie. Mm-mm. And then I couldn't talk to you about it nope. in case you wanted to see the movie later. Nope. But I remember going to see the movie Winchester, uh, which is about a, it's a haunted house movie. Oh, basically. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and, you went to see uh, that without me. Yeah, and Helen Mirren's in it. Helen Mirren's fantastic, you know, and everything. And I just remember spending most of that movie going, why is she in this movie? Like, why did this happen? How, it may as well wh- call it Her- Helen Mirren needed a paycheck. Who had who had the the blackmail photo or email <laughs> that they suckered poor Heron, Helen Mirren? I can't talk. Poor Dame. She, she's a dame, isn't she now? I don't know. I guess I can I look that so. up. <laughs> um, I know Judy Dent. She's a dame. Of course, She's yes. a fine dame, yeah. But uh, I, I believe that uh, Helen Mirren is... Anyway, regardless... Helen Mirren was... And then they dragged poor Helen Mirren into this. Exactly. And it was just like... It was okay. It was an okay movie. But it was like, man, there were so many missed opportunities in this movie. And then it did nothing. You know? I mean, it's 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 in somebody's 99-cent pile at, at Walmart everywhere. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, that's fine. That happens. Well, I mean, it's it's got to be a thing. You know, like filmmakers, like they put it out there, but they, you really have to consider who are you putting it out there for? Like who needed to see this movie? Well, and I think one of the reasons that you and I are so generous sometimes w- with wanting to keep movies from earning that fizzle is that, like you said, so, so much work went into it. And sometimes a movie being bad isn't the fault of the people that worked on it. Some, You know, we, we have a running joke about some of the WB, uh, DCEU movies oh. because there's so much interference from the WB side of things. Oh, my gosh, yes. And yeah. we hear more and more about that interference all the time. Uh, but You know, my theory is true. It's got to be that there's somebody up back up there, no names named because we can't do that and we don't, really know who it is but sure. just like some dark some office unknown some, studio head somewhere somewhere or, pulling all the strings making everything worse than it should have been right somebody who thinks they know how to direct a film better than a director mm-hmm. or write a film better than a writer who uh, everybody's afraid of and yeah. so they just do what he wants or, or she, she wants, wants or, or whatever they the case want it wants sure and and i i don't think that's unusual for Hollywood, but the it's WB so, seems it's to so have so obvious with them. Yeah, they seem to have a bigger problem with it than some other studios. But the thing is, even when we see those movies that that are not so great, that are not so enjoyable, it's fun for us to talk about them. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, we grew up with stuff like MST3K. Mm. Uh, we listened to riff tracks and all those things, and there are enjoyable elements to bad movies. There always have been. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really and enjoy some, that. In some bad movies, are not intentionally bad and there's something about them that's so genuine earnest and earnest in their attempt to actually make something that yes you're you're laughing at it in a certain way but you're also it's kind of a a good-hearted laughing at it because you get that they were trying something it just went wrong in so many ways their hearts they tried um the room springs to mind the room is fantastic and it's not it's not fantastic in a way that you're just like 
making fun of the people involved in that movie. No. It's just clearly there was some vision, but <laughs> what that vision was it's and how it translated through the mind of Tommy Wiseau yeah, and how just... it translated onto into a script and onto the screen and uh, into the production itself... There's so many elements to that that just make it a great movie to watch and laugh with. Yeah. And I think he's embraced that side of the movie. Thankfully. I mean, yeah. I mean, it could have turned out really bad if he sure. took took all of the criticism to heart. But it's like, you know, he tried. And the thing is, you can see everywhere where he tried. Um, right. But it's just... It's just laughable, and it's it's fun laugh. It's not like, you know, pity or anything like that. It's just a lot of fun. Sure. And so I grew up... I mean, I, Heidi's... Seven years younger than I am, so she had a different kind of childhood. She grew up in a different era. A oh, bit. yeah. I didn't even have cable until I was like 16, so but there's that. For me, growing up watching stuff like MST3K, it introduced me to a lot of bad movies that then after I saw their version of that movie you with all the jokes, more. I watched that movie on its own, and it's so funny on its own that... How could they not have written those jokes? Like it, they're great, mm-hmm. and so I've I've gotten an appreciation for um, those bad movies just as they are. I mean, I've watched Mano's Hands of Fate I have not. on its own. I have not. I own Mano's Hands of Fate. Thankfully, he hasn't made me watch that yet, but I'm sure that's It'll coming. Happen. It's It'll coming. Happen. Um, but. Yeah, so I have an appreciation for those things anyway. And so even a bad day, (laughs) even on a bad day, uh, or even on a, yeah, even even in a bad movie experience, I can usually find something good to to pull out of it. And and that really is why talking about those things with Heidi has become such a, a fun thing for me. Whether the camera's on or not, it's always been fun because, you know, she has a different sense of humor than I do, but we play off of each other very well. We have a lot of the same sort of touchstones of, and, and inside jokes and things that we <laughs> that we go to sometimes. We, we quote things at each, uh, other. at each other all the time. Kids the don't number, have any idea what we're talking of about. Of course, and that makes it even funnier. And <laughs> the, the number of times that, say, she and I quote Scott Pilgrim to each other. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Or Kung Pao... Uh, to each other um, or any of those so we have these little touchstones that we that we go to in our day-to-day even when we're not talking about movies so I found that as our channel has moved into uh, on YouTube we've moved into now television reactions yeah so we've been reacting to uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. which is uh, in its final season right DC uh, Stargirl which is in its first right and uh, and then we we just finished recording for although we haven't aired them all yet we just finished recording for BBC's class which is a Doctor Who spinoff and in its only season in its only season right series and, uh, series yes got to get that British series thing um Ugh. but yeah so uh, but I found that as we've turned kind of into that that that's kind of our way of watching shows together is that we we can't help but notice the ridiculousness mm. in some of those things. But it's not that we don't like it. It's not that we don't like the show. And I think in the back of my head, there's always that fear. That somebody thinks that we're that, like disparaging somehow. Yeah, that if you're like a diehard DC Universe Stargirl fan, and we make a joke about how much a thing is like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or I mentioned High School Musical, or <laughs> whatever, that yes, I'm making fun of it a little, 
but it's I'm making fun of it in an endearing in a in a way that it just endears it to me more. Like I I'm associating it with things that make me smile is really what I'm doing. And so yes, I'm ripping it a little. Yes, I'm giving it a hard time. But I wouldn't keep watching it if I didn't enjoy watching. It's it. like a friend. We if you're not really a friend, we're not going to take the time to make fun of you. Sure, my <laughs> you know I mean Heidi can tell you my friends we roast each other nonstop mm. and we love each other to death. But it's just if you put us in a room insults are going to be flying all over the place and yeah. it's all meant in good fun yeah i like i at work i don't i don't take the time to um you know make fun of somebody mary uh without you know unless i actually like them like you literally had three episodes of this podcast and you've called her out twice now yeah i'm trying to see if she's actually listening <laughs> but yeah no i mean i just i wouldn't take the time and it wouldn't spend spend the energy trying to think of something funny to make somebody smile if i didn't like care so yeah i like, we may say things about these shows while we're watching them, but it's just because we're kind of giving it the old friend treatment. Right. And so I, I always hope that comes across. But the, the reason we wanted to take a few minutes to talk about kind of our approach to all of this is because, you know, this podcast is a new format for us. It's a new thing um, to attempt. And, and we hope that you kind of stick with us as we go through different topics and different things. But we thought we'd take this episode to talk about kind of where we stand in um, fandom and in our approach to movies and films and TV uh, and, TV and, and, Any and comics and yeah. everything. Um, you know, we're not going to go into every detail of all that today. No. But just we are hardcore nerds and were before. before it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Way before so, it was cool. Yeah. Sorry. So we're, we're nerd hipsters. Yeah. No, I, I've been, <laughs> I'm 47 years old. I've been reading comics since I was 11. So I now think. you know how old I am if anyone was listening to him before. That's right. Well, and, and actually, so I moved when I was 11. Mm. Um, but I believe that I was reading comics before then. I just didn't read them regularly. regularly. I had to wait. You know, it was one of those things where I had to have been good. I had to have some currency you know, that I, that I, with mom and dad that I could call upon, you know, remember how I did this thing? Remember how I helped with this thing? I just want that one comic and it's a dollar. And then I'd, I'd, you know, trade that investment of my time and energy for that I used comic. to do that for McNuggets, actually. Wow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure comics and McNuggets are made from the same pulp. I material. think you're right. I pretty think sure. you're right. Um, but yeah, so I would do that. And I remember being into comics before I moved. And then when I moved, it became harder in some ways and easier in other ways to get them. Cause I had a corner store I could drive down to drive um, uh, my bike. Oh, Sorry. Yes. Drive. Ride your Ride. bike. <laughs> yes. This is, I'm old. I'm, I'm, uh, you were driving, I'm getting senile. Yes. No, I would, <laughs> maybe, I would drive my two wheel vehicle down to it could be the tractor. We don't the know grocery this. store. <laughs> And it was a little, it was a little tiny grocery store, mm-hmm. and I had to have the same conversation with the woman at the checkout every single time I bought a comic. Oh, don't know her name, couldn't tell you her name. She knew who I was um, because I lived right up the street, and the town was so small. Everybody knew when somebody new moved in. Ugh. That was a weird thing for me as a kid. Can't even imagine. But I would go in every single time. Now comics were about seventy-five cents at that time. Some of them were a dollar. Most <gasps> of them were seventy-five cents, and I would go in. And every single time I would go through the checkout with my crisp dollar bill to pay for that comic, I would hear, oh, look at this, a funny book. You know, back when I was a kid, they were 10 cents. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's not a funny book. This is, uh-huh. you know, the mad titan is coming to destroy us all. Yeah. You don't understand. It's not funny at all. <clears throat> right. But, um, <laughs> but I would have that same conversation 
Every time. Every time. And Ugh. I would smile and be nice. Of course. And go, wow, 10 cents. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, and then I'd, then I'd ride my bike back up the street. Uphill, by the way. Both ways. My, no, just, just back home. <laughs> um, it was downhill to the store, uphill back home. And, um, and so... I was in, you know, I, I'm I'm that hardcore of a nerd. Like I was, I was that was my literature, so, and, and I read, I read books and stuff. But I, that was sort of the thing that gripped me was that I could inv- get invested so quickly mm-hmm. in a comic, and then I have to wait. Mm-hmm. So that was the that was kind of the first fandom thing, you know, because as fans we get used to, you know, we're, if we're a fan of a movie, we wait three years or more for a sequel. Right. It but feels like forever. Right. And we're counting the days. Until, and so as a kid, I would I would just be anxious because they would get like three copies of the comic I wanted. <laughs> so if I wasn't quick, I wasn't going to get it. No. And there was no other place for me to go. No. And so, yeah, I was, I was hardcore even then. And then as I got older, by the time I was in high school, I had friends, Jason Webb, shout out to you, who was as into comics as I was. And he and I would sit around and talk about comics we'd read, comics that we wanted to read. Of course, this was right back around in the um, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, right when we were hitting the comic boom. And, you know, the guys uh, left Marvel, the seven seven founders of Image Comics left Marvel to start Image Comics. And every, every image number one was going to be worth a million dollars. So and, they said. You know, it's what we thought. Of course, they printed... 50 million copies of those things. So, and so not really so worth a no. million dollars now. Um, but I can remember, I mean, I had friends that even weren't, you know, that weren't into comics that even wanted those number ones because it was a big It was a big deal. Well, I mean, time. it's kind of like when the um, the new Star Wars, the prequels came out and everybody knew that the figures from the 70s were like, you know, really rare and they were, they cost, you know, trying to get one now, trying sure. to sell one now is going to be so, and they made so many of them. I still have 300 of those figures at my mom's apartment in New York. Oh, I sent away for the invisible or the, the, the ghost Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh. And, wow, uh, it's see through, and I'm pretty sure that it's worth about three dollars. Yeah, pretty sure. I, I, yeah, I, I, I joined eBay back then to get these figures, and I paid for things on eBay. eBay, that's that's like, um, mm-hmm. that's just where you sit. MySpace, right? yeah, it's like exactly. It's just it's one of those ancient things that old people use. But I joined eBay way back in the day just to buy these figures, and my teenage self wrote checks. To these people, because PayPal didn't exist yet, so wrote checks to get these figures. Checks, that's like paper Venmo. Yeah, it's like paper Venmo, exactly, or paper Cash App. So, um, but I wrote checks just to get these first edition, like, mint figures, and, like, they're worthless right now, unfortunately. Right. So you can't can't sell a pack of 10 of them for 30 bucks. But we, you know, for the most part, I did not have friends that were as into... The nerdy things is not same. Would. Now so, I would have like a friend that was into Star Wars, or a couple of friends and sort. I had like a friend that was into comics, and yeah. then some that were sorta into comics. And See, I had, and that's you know, some thing. friends that were into horror movies, and other friends that would never watch a horror movie. And so I had to be selective about what I who I did things with. Well, and that's the thing. So it's even worse because female, um, female nerds were just not things back in the day at You're all. Right, females are the worst. They really are. Um, yeah. Um, but 
So my my introduction into like you know nerdy fandom geeky sort of things was watching all the cartoons. All these offensive words. Were I know, around. I know. I'm so offensive. I'm sorry. All these labels. All these labels. Yeah. Um. I I used to watch everything on TV. Like so, I didn't have cable, so I didn't have access to a lot of things. But like I was like there for after school cartoons and Saturday morning cartoons and the ones that stick out the most for me, like as far as like. You know, the big DC and Marvel things was X-Men on Saturday mornings. And then um, Batman, uh, the, the, series, series. the animated series, was right. on at, like, I think, 4.30 in the afternoon every day on Fox 5 yeah. in New York. And, and Gargoyles. Gargoyles was a big thing. And the thing is, I was a big fan of Star Wars. I watched some Star Trek because I, I think I could... Start catching some of the new next generation stuff, like right. on like some of the non cable channels, um, and then when I did get cable, I could watch a little bit more of it. Right. But like nobody that I knew was into it. Like I had a, one friend who was into Pokemon back then, right. and then another friend who just did not even understand what all this stuff was. See, I was too old for Pokemon. When Pokemon hit, I was I said Pokemon because I'm Texan, but Pokemon. I was too old for Pokemon. for that their Pokemon that their Pokemon. Um, but so I didn't really fall into that. Same. I was never, never the Yu-Gi-Oh, never the Pokemon. Never. never. Uh, even Magic the Gathering. So Magic the Gathering was a thing like when that. I was in high school. People would play it in any off time that they had. They'd bring their decks with them everywhere. And I'd sit and watch the boys play, actually, like because girls weren't playing. Well, growing up in the Bible Belt, there were so many weird conspiracy theories about <laughs> stuff like Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons that oh. I just, I didn't grow up around anybody that really played it. Yeah. So um, I never really had any access to those things. And I, other than watching, I, I did watch the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon that used to come on Saturday mornings. I actually own that on DVD. I'm probably one of the five people in the country that own that <laughs> DVD set. But, I have not but, seen um, that either. Thank but you. Yeah, so I, I did, um, you know, I, I had a connection to it that way, but I never played the games. And honestly, um, you know, for me as a kid, I mean, I watched so many things. I watched everything. Mm. You know, that was Saturday mornings for me. It was just nonstop television because I didn't get to do that during the week. Yeah. And um, and so I would watch everything, like the worst 80s cartoons, worst 90s cartoons. I, you know, watch uh, them of, all. Course, of course, by 90s, I was in you know high school and college, so I didn't have any time for that either then. But, but a lot of those bad 80s cartoons, you know, where kids were turning into cars and <laughs> everything. But, I, you know, and then they'd have stuff that was so great and so exciting at the time. And then I'd go back and wa try to watch it now because I feel nostalgic. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, how did I sit through this? Name one. You know. Um, well, I mean... Like Silverhawks and so on. Mm -hmm. Some of those may be okay to watch again. I haven't watched Silverhawks since I was a kid. But, I mean, some of them back then I was super excited about. And then, you know, trying to go back and watch some, um, like the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Mm -hmm. Or like old school Thundercats. Like, Thundercats are cool. It's a cool concept. Yeah. Or whatever. But then you go back and watch those original cartoons. Or Masters of the Universe. Like, my, my oh, friend, gonna yeah. shout out again, my friend Jason Webb's huge Masters of the Universe fan. And I, I went back and tried to watch an episode of that with, with my son, and it was like... So cheesy. The, the way that Prince Adam talks, like he's got like three vocals going on at once, like it sounds like he's yelling down into a well. <laughs> 
or what? I'm like, what is that? Oh, like no. he's supposed to be a person. Why does his know. voice sound like that? I don't know. There's so many weird things. Yeah, but I mean, like moving on from like cartoons and comics and that sort of thing. I, you know, I watch things like X Files. I was going to say you're a big X Files fan. Huge X Files fan. I mean, I watched V like when it came out, and I was probably too young for it at the time. Right, the the original, the original the 80s, v, yeah. the original eighties V. I watched that then. I was just thinking, at, like even then, I thought it was so cool and like you know I watched Robert England yeah uh, aka Freddy Krueger a big part of that original uh, yeah I'm like I'm series. just like kind of reaching back trying to remember because I was so right. young watching that um Alien Nation now I think we just watched a thing where you said you actually never watched that and right. I think I watched some episodes of it and I was interested but like I never quite could get catch it when it was on I don't know remember why uh that was but like anything that was like you know otherworldly or science fictiony and that sort of thing like science fictiony real word right. um I would I would just coin new terms all the time all the time I would gravitate culture. to those things and like my friends just did not understand like they, sure. didn't, they didn't even try and i was like okay well, these are the cool things that i think are cool and nobody else does so right. that was kind of like me growing up and i still you know i still have those moments as much as like superhero movies have kind of come into the mainstream and things like that there are still times when i'm into something excited about some corner of fandom and i share it with people and they're just like i yeah no what? I don't get that. What? Why is that? But there's plenty of stuff in mainstream that I don't get. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. Like, we talk about these things, and, and like, we could not name you, like, more than, like, between the two of us, more than three Cowboys players, like, uh, football players. Right. You know, because but, we're just not into sports. We're just not into sports. And so, like, people could see us looking at a football game going, how do you not know who that person is? And but it's I like. I mean, the majority of my <laughs> friends love the movie Napoleon Dynamite. And oh. I've watched it once, and that was more than enough for me. I did we not We watched find it, it together, and I feel like we shut it off halfway. I did not find it funny. I, I found yeah. it annoying. And I've read places where people have said, you know, I, I watched it and hated it, and then I watched it again, and I start, started liking it. And I'm like. Eh, I really don't want to take that chance. I, that's like an hour and a half of time I'm never going to get back. Right. So, no thanks. But the thing is, for me, when I like a movie, I'm all in. And I know you're not quite as all in as I am. Um, because I, I'm the guy that watches all the commentaries and all the oh, behind-the-scenes yeah, stuff. Are. And I want to... If they've had a round table at some convention somewhere, I watch that on I YouTube. Mean, that's like, I'm, interesting. I'm in. It is interesting. But, like, I don't I don't always have to see those things or hear those things to really get my enjoyment out of a movie. Like, if I enjoyed a movie, I enjoyed a movie, and that's okay. Like, I, it's not going to make me like it more. Has there ever been a movie that you saw, like, the first time and just... Because, you know, you mentioned that kind of as far as the Napoleon Dynamite thing. Has there ever been a movie that you saw the first time, saw maybe bits and pieces of it, or watched it, like, with a group of people, and you just didn't get why everybody was enjoying it so much? And then maybe a year or two down the road, you saw it again, and you were just like, man, how did I miss what how great this was? No. Really? Yeah, really. I can't think of one. Um, I, I can also be, you know, people will be aghast at all the things that I haven't seen also. like you have, We've talked about this on our YouTube channel. You have yeah. a real propensity for <laughs> watching the second of a trilogy yeah, or the third I'll, of a trilogy. Yeah, I'll catch a second, or a, third, a second or a third thing in, in uh, a set of movies before seeing the first one. Uh, that's one thing that I have a bad habit of doing. I'm not sure how that's just become my thing. Um, but there are other movies like, you know, like all the 80s like teen movies like the 16 candles and pretty in pink and breakfast club. breakfast club i've seen bits and pieces of i don't think i've ever seen the whole thing right. um and so there's a lot of those movies that i'm just Weird like science 
Uh, yeah, I saw Weird Science, like, okay. but like w- went closer to when it came out. So it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, if but you saw it when it came out, you were way too young to be. Seen I was I way too young you to. That. There were a lot. Of, I saw Goodfellas when it came out, and I was entirely too young. I've for never that. seen Goodfellas. Yeah, no, I was entirely. Too, I think that came out in like '89 or '90, and I was entirely too young to go see it in a theater, and I did. Um, so I mean, but yeah, there's a lot of movies that people think are like totally classic. So like my best friend, uh, who I love her to death and pieces and just wonderful person but not at all understanding of any sci-fi nerdy geeky sort of things i heard you wish she was dead and in pieces that's what i heard that is not what i said oh my gosh no 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 i love my best friend um but yeah so like one day she decided to like sit me down and make me watch one of those 80s movies and she made me watch the goonies and like i know a lot of people have a lot of affection for it it's like nostalgic and it's one of those things that they saw when they were a kid and they thought it was awesome but it really doesn't stand the test of time. And I just, I watched it and I'm like, I'm never getting that time back in my life. And I didn't really enjoy it. Well, it's got young Thanos. It's got young Samwise Gamgee. I know. Yeah. I know. It's, yeah, like I said, a lot of people have a lot of affection for it. And, and a lot of that is because of nostalgia. I, As an adult, seeing it for the first time, I thought it was dumb. I'm I sorry. I have some affection for it. It's not up there for me, though. Yeah. It's not up there with like... Sorry, people. Karate Kid and uh, Back to the Future and... You know, Some of those things. Not, I just saw Back to the high. Future for the first time. Like recently, we actually had a, a viewing party with our kids watching all the Back to the Futures. And I had never seen Back to the Future, the first one, all the way through, like until like in the last six months. It is a perfect movie. It is a good movie. It is a perfect movie. It and is a good movie. It's one of those movies that if somebody tries to remake it, I'll fight them. Yeah. Yeah. I'll throw things, <laughs> I'll tear down statues, I'll do whatever I have to do. Mm. But I, you know, don't remake. Oh, now, yeah, yeah. I think the same thing about Princess Bride, and you've heard they're remaking Princess Bride. I've heard that, and I'm, I'm not, what you is know. Qui- Quibbly? I don't know. Qui- uh, Quibbly? Whatever that I channel is, whatever that app is. Oh, I don't even and know. It's, well, yeah, and it's supposed to be um, Sophie Turner and, and her husband, Joe Jonas. Okay. They're supposed to be starring in it. And so I can't imagine a worse thing. <laughs> so oh, that is yet another thing that people have great affection for. We'll quote many, 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 many times. All it is the, highly quotable. It is it is highly quotable? I did not see it until I was older, and I like I liked it, but I don't see like the big fuss. Sorry, so you didn't see it when it was new. New. I did not see it when it was new. New. No, <laughs> no, not new. New. Yes. Uh, um, no, <laughs> Scott Scott Pilgrim and uh, Kung Pao, I think, are two that we quote very a often. Lot. Uh, Monty Python, we quote a lot. Oh, quite a bit. Uh, both movies, television oh, shows. So the yes, thing. Uh, yet another uh, point about me being nerdy, geeky, or whatever. Uh, I was introduced to Monty Python and the Holy Grail like when I was about fourteen or fifteen years old. Okay. And I actually went home every day after school in tenth grade and watched it on my really old VHS tape. Yeah. So you've probably seen it more than I have. Uh, I've seen it a least, lot. At least. A hundred times. Okay. I've seen it a lot. I don't think I've seen it a hundred times. It, it got to the point where, like, if I was bored in class, I'd start writing out the script. Now, I have seen it on the big screen. Oh, sad face. I want to see it on the big screen. Um, I couldn't tell you the year. I want to say it's probably 92 or 93, somewhere in Louisville, Kentucky, <laughs> when I was in college. Is It strikes me I as one drug, of those... I got drugged to an, an evening showing of... Uh, <laughs> Dragged. Like, Dragged, drugged. No, I probably was drugged, honestly. <laughs> it was very late. I was very tired. Um, 
No, we uh, we went to see it at a screening, and it was one of those where they normally show like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. So this they expected seems like you to, to talk par- participate. and to participate. Oh my and gosh, and so that's that what we did. So we fun. just we hollered out all the dialogue. As oh, it, that would have been went. so much fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, that that was why I brought up uh, whether you'd seen a movie that you kind of came to love later. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Monty Python the Holy Grail once. I think before. I think. My friend Sheila Talbert had me watch it at some point, and I didn't quite get it. Yeah. And then I saw it again in, like, a bigger group of people, Mm -hmm. and I think I was, you know, paying more attention to the movie because we were all kind of there to watch the movie, so Mm -hmm. I just kind of paid attention. And I didn't even make it through the credits before I loved it. I yeah. Mean, you know, just the opening credits. And that's and the thing, like, uh, so, yeah, 10th grade, because uh, it was funny, our 10th grade uh, history class was European history, so our teacher, who was also a football coach, uh, actually borrowed my copy to show the class, and literally nobody got it. Shout out to Mr. Indivino. I really appreciate your... Got a lot of shout outs in this episode. Yeah, but, you know, we, we have to think about all that's the what people. happens when you reminisce. A little bit, but it also kind of helps you kind of kind of put together, you know, background and stuff of all the people who've kind of, like, nudged your way towards the uh, sci-fi geeky sort of thing. So, sure. you know, shout out to him for trying to get more kids interested in really classic British comedy. By the time you roll around to the mid to late 90s, which was just before you and I met. Yes. There were the influx of the comic book movies. Well, yeah, we started to get the X-Men, we started mm-hmm. to get Spider-Man, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I remember working um, with guys that were desperate, as, as I was, as desperate as I was, to go and see X-Men when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were super excited for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I was, I was working in the travel industry at the time. And when 9-11 happened, Ooh. we were, you know, it was such a devastating time. And we had been looking, I remember, because we'd been looking forward to Spider-Man coming. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man had the Twin Towers in its trailer. Yeah. And immediately had to retract that trailer. And, oh, yeah. And do all that. And, and I understood it. But, man, it was just like, in that moment, that, that sort of dark moment, it was hard to th- imagine that we would go and enjoy that movie. Because... <laughs> Yeah, You know, that was kind of everything on our mind was real world stuff. Mm-hmm. But comic movies continued to thrive. They did. Um, nerd stuff on television. Continue, and I, I say nerd stuff, but I mean, you always were kind of drawn to. Now, I, you mentioned Star Trek. I watched Star Trek quite a bit. And I remember when The Next Generation came out. It was a big deal because it was um, not on CBS like the original Star Trek. I'm trying to remember what network it was on. It wasn't really on a network. It was... Um, it was, uh, lost my term, um, not Syndic- franchise, syndicated. syndicated, thank you. It was it was the first time a major property like that was going syndicated first. Yeah. There were other big syndicated shows happening. You know, uh, I know you were a fan of Xena and Hercules. Oh my gosh, yes, huge fan. Uh, those so, were syndicated shows. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. I was that geeky then too. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you, but those were syndicated shows. But I remember yes. it was a big thing because Star Trek was such a big property. Yeah. You know, and they come back with the movies and the movies were successful, so launching the next generation as a syndicated thing was a weird move yeah. and and it really worked it, it did really for them out. yeah um so yeah i was into i watched all the star treks i watched deep space nine i watched voyager i've heard that deep space nine is one of the better spinoffs and i have not seen it i have not seen voyager it's either definitely very different that's what i've heard um voyager is a weird kind of hybrid of 
the different two? Star Trek elements. Okay. But um, it, it takes a while to find its footing, and even then still has some wacky episodes that don't seem to really fit. Wacky! We love but wacky But it was a lot things. of fun. And to be honest, at the time, as a very young individual, I would have watched just for Seven of Nine. So <laughs> Voyager kept me on, on uh, lock the whole ride through. Um, <laughs> Deep Space Nine was much more political and philosophical and oh. had some religious undertones. Perhaps I would have enjoyed that. All kinds of, yeah, it's, it's your kind of thing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed, like, Caprica, and I know a lot of people didn't, but it was so enjoyable for well, me. We were because both, both big fans of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Uh, the re, the re, now, I had watched the original Battlestar Galactica I hadn't, but I can imagine that I would have enjoyed it. So I was really excited about the remake. Not really excited they're going to remake it again. They are? Yeah, that's the that's the word. I'm not sure how, how far into that they're going. No, they okay. You know what? We would I would give it a shot just to see how what they would do with it and if they could carry it well. But the the big thing for us, aside from like you know X Files and those kinds of things, which I was I was into as well, mm. was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy oh the Vampire gosh, Slayer yes. was a big thing for me as as a viewer and as a geek because there were so many elements to it that that you know, hit all the right bells notes. and whistles yeah, for me. Yeah, all and the right it, notes. It, right. And it was just like, man, I've never seen a show quite like this. By the time we got to Angel, the spinoff, I was all the way in. <laughs> I think it's called Angel the Series. No, I know. <laughs> That's what the, but, the S did not stand for spinoff. But some people may be listening that don't understand that Angel was a, was a spinoff. Yes, so yes. Okay, so by the time we got to that, I mean, I was I was all in. And, and that was really my first time of being fully a part of a fandom. Now, when, when you talk comics... Mm-hmm. I was a part of a comic fandom to the extent that I would read all the magazines. I would go to my comic shop. Now, where I lived as a kid, I couldn't go to a comic shop, so I was kind of removed from that. Yeah. But I would talk to my friends about comics and um, yeah. and read the magazines and, and know what was getting ready to come out. And, yeah. and I'd, I'd order things in advance from companies and get them sent to me and stuff. So I was really in, but I didn't have like interaction, a lot of interaction with other fans in other places. So same for me. So like I was a big fan of Star Wars, um, you know, actually did not become a real fan until the prequels came out. And then I went back and watched the, the original series and the original trilogy and loved them too. And the, the I got the Star Wars Insider magazine. I was a regular subscriber to that for years. Um, so that was kind of like my biggest indulgence in fandom. Now, I was a big fan of Gargoyles as well, and I kind of caught some fan fiction bug off of that and was reading a lot of that as well. But that still wasn't really participatory. Not really. I really didn't know what fan fiction was <laughs> until I became a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and started reading some. People would share on communities and things mm-hmm. fan fiction. And so... I, I had always had the writing bug. I'd always written things, um, mainly like lyrics and poetry and that kind of thing. Had lots of story ideas, but had never committed any of them to paper because mainly because I thought I couldn't. I didn't think I had that in me. Huh. And something about fan fiction was like a license to try mm-hmm. because I knew those characters really well because I could see them. You know, I watched them on TV every week. And I could see them in my head and hear their voices in my head, the way you know the way the actors played those characters. So it was easy for me to imagine a what if and just let that play out in my head. Yeah. And then after I had some experience writing fan fiction, that was when I decided, well, maybe I could write something of my own. And I would start with short things. Yeah. And uh, but I did. I wrote a lot of Buffy the Vampire you Slayer did. fan fiction back you in the wrote day. Quite a bit of it. And it really was. You know, I'm never gonna. 
uh, sort of poo-poo anybody's um, fan fiction thing because it's a great place to get started if you need to build your confidence because you get feedback, you get people reading your stuff, and um, like I said, you're, you're not investing your own uh, characters into something that'll you know, pass or fail kind of thing. It doesn't feel like that much pressure because either people are going to like it or they're not. And yeah. You can and go back to it and edit it and repost it and do whatever. And it's a lot of shorthand too, because people, uh, the people who are reading this know the characters, the characters too. Yeah. Right. And they understand the world and, and yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of shorthand going on there. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, that was, that was the first time that I really felt like a part of a fandom that was very specific. Mm. Um, and that was how I met you. Yeah. Uh, we were both uh, part of the same community online. First time I'd ever been a part of any kind of online community. Same. And, um, and we began to talk about the show and about other things. And, uh, you know, presto changeo, here we are um, <laughs> all these years later. Yep. And, and since then, we, you know, other things, we, we've been, you know, our fandom has continued to the point where, uh, over the last, now we, we, we haven't been able to, of course, this year because of COVID. Um, and then, you know, last year we were planning a big move, not knowing it wasn't going to happen. Yep. So we didn't get to last year either. Um, but in years past, we've been known to visit the conventions. At least the ones that are, uh, quote Relatively unquote, close. local. Sort of local yes. to us, you know, I think, you if know. If local is four hours away. Yeah, well, I mean, this is Texas. After all, we are based in Texas. Um, and, you know, people, you know. People of a different uh, persuasion will drive three hours for a high school football game. So why wouldn't we drive three hours? When to you say a different persuasion, okay, I'm not going to say that. No, that'll get me in trouble. Um, uh, well, I'm just saying, you know, people who are just big football fans, they will they will make that drive. So right. we are big, big, um, like nerdy sort of comic booky sort of we are thing. So we will make we own it. we make that drive. That's right. So it's it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Yes. No, we um, we decided. You know, I had always wanted to go to a comic convention. Mm. I had friends that went to a comic convention and got some like stuff signed by Stan Lee back when you couldn't, back when you didn't have to pay. Oh, to get things so, yeah, I went to my first one when I was twenty two. Twenty two. It was in twenty two. Twenty two years old, <laughs> back in Baltimore, and I was aghast that there was uh, an actor who was asking for money for signatures at the time. How much at the time? I want to say that he's somewhere between ten and twenty dollars, okay. Which is in these days not that bad. No, but you know, uh, I got a picture with Anthony Stewart Head. You did for That's right. f- for free. That's right. Uh, with my own or somebody's camera, I don't remember whose camera it was. I don't think it was my own. And then uh, Andy Hallett as well, Correct. RIP. Um, and it was it was great. It was a great little. I mean, it was a little convention uh, from the from the Buffy and Angel. Universe, yes, by the way. yes, he was the singer. The Lauren. host, the host, yeah. Lauren, Lauren. Um, and he was wonderful. And it was my very first exposure to convention scene. But I think back then, so it was 2002. Now how big a convention was that? I don't think it was that big. It was very, it was very fan and community organized and oriented. So it was not huge. So it was, was, it was all Buffy or was it different things? It was different things, because, but the three people that I met were all uh, Buffy slash Angel uh, people. Gotcha. So uh, I f- want to say that there, there was, um, we also saw a common rotation, which was the band that Warren, I can't remember the guy's name. Right. Was, about. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he was in uh, Buffy season six. Uh, so we saw his band at the time. So I feel like it was a lot of Buffy and Angel stuff, but I th- also Adam something, right? Adam. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, there was a lot of Buffy Angel stuff, but I feel like there's other stuff that I just didn't go to because it wasn't stuff I was familiar with. Right. So, but it was awesome. Yeah. So I never got to go uh, to a con for a long time until um, you decided to work in one. Yeah. Yep. And that was kind of my first experience in one. You, You worked how many days? I worked, so the con went on for, I think... I feel like it was, there was a preview, like a Thursday night, and then it went all the way through Sunday afternoon. So it was like Thursday through Sunday, and I worked like two of those days, and I think we went on the Saturday. Right. Well, I went one day, and then we took the kids. Oh, yeah, that's right. So so I went two days. Um, And so I kind of knew that my day by myself, because you were working the day that I was there. Yeah. You took off the day that we were taking the kids. Right. Um, But the day that I was going to be there, I needed to get a bunch of stuff done, because I knew that. (laughs) dragging the kids around was not going to be conducive to being in lines for signatures or anything like that. And so we went. Now, by this point, we had become big fans of Doctor Who. We we had uh, binged and watched everything to get caught up to Doctor Who and where. And so that particular con had several people there. Now, we had done... Had we done Houston before that? Yes. Okay, so that's what I thought. So we had gone to a con in Houston mm-hmm. that because there were four doctors there. Yes, there were four doctors. Four at that doctors one. there. It was five, six, seven, eight. That's right, and then uh, and then Captain Jack. And then Captain Jack. So yeah, all of them. That's right. So so there were five people. So we and then I was excited because as a fan of Agents of Shield. Uh, we knew Clark Gregg was going to be there. Yes. Uh, I think Ming Na was there as well. Yeah. And then Elizabeth Henstridge, and then was, Elizabeth there. Henstridge was there. And so I thought, well, I'm going to get in. And maybe uh, the, the guy who plays Ward, too, whose name escapes me right now. Yeah. He Ward. was there as well. So I was like, well, I've, I've got to get in to get who I can. I knew I wanted Colson. Yes. And, uh, and so I bought some artwork, I think, that I wanted Colson to sign. I'm just going to call Clark Greg Colson. Sure. I'm sure he gets it all the time. All but, the time. But yeah, so I wanted to get, and that was my Coulson. first experience. Yeah. Son of Cole. That was my first time in a line like that that was just crazed and yeah. i i parked myself in that line and was there for three hours felt like a day i feel like it, you were there at least three half a day three, three hours three hours before you texted me to come running for a photo op so yes. so we're standing in line and people had been leaving line to go and get photos or jump into another line or do whatever and and we'd save each other's spaces you know we didn't know each other's names yeah but we're like oh yeah we'll save hat guy's place in line you yeah, know and yeah, yeah you know and that's uh, really hit, the beauty Pikachu, of fandom too. yeah hit the bathroom we got your spot you know yeah. and we do that and so so that was really cool it was a cool experience people were very kind so heidi texts me that she's got a photo op with captain jack and if i get over there quickly right now yeah, right now. Right now. And luckily, the photo booth, the photo place, <laughs> it was they, like, it's it was not like, a booth, but it was a room. It but was the, like a little, it was a room kind of built with like little dividers. Yeah, but it was literally like I could I could cross behind a fabric wall and, and then jump into that I, line I, I, with I you really I feel like really it, was like tw- it was like 20 feet away. Yeah, it wasn't far. <laughs> and so I asked people, can you hold my spot? I've got this chance to go. We're going to keep calling him Captain Jack, aren't we? Uh, um, John Barrowman. John Barrowman, yeah. Yeah, so, sorry, I have another word for him, but so, like, it's okay. So I, I jump over into the line with Heidi and uh and, we, and by that point you were only like five or six people away mm-hmm. I mean it was I needed to get there quick yeah was, you did yeah. right now and so we jumped in and we 
just died laughing at him taking a photo with the person in front of us. Oh. That was hilarious. Yeah. No, he, that was, um, because that was he'll pretty much do anything you ask him to do for a photo at uh, those things. As long as you're over 18. As long as you're over 18. And so the girl proved to him that she was over 18, and she got quite the photo with him. And I then I don't remember, but yeah, it was quite the photo. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then we went in and got our... Our picture taken with him, which was really fun. So then I run from that immediately to go and get my place back in line. And I get back over there. And I don't know where you went from there because you had other doctors to see. And I, did. I ran straight over to get back in the line to get Clark Gregg's autograph. And there was no line. It was gone. It was gone. It, it was, was like gone. the whole section of that con was just gone. And I was like, what happened? And so I start wandering around <laughs> trying to find out what happened. And he's not there. And I, and I knew, and I knew that he had a photo op coming, and right. I knew that lunch was coming, so like that. So I, I, you know, I knew they'd take a break and he'd walk away, but I didn't expect the line to be on. God. And so I go back, and this guy's, and I, by this point, I have to say, so after three hours of standing in this line, I'm only like thirty-five people away or forty people away only. when I left to go join Heidi. Only. Only. <laughs> new, new. And so I come back, and, and there's a guy handing out tickets, and he's like, were you here for, for the Clark Gregg line? I said, yeah, I was. And he was like, well, here, I can give you a ticket. He said, I started handing out tickets. He said, they're all new, numbered, though, so when you come back, you got to get in line with the ticket. And I'm like, no. what number are you on? And he's like, I've got like, and it was like 247 or something no. ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, no. And Tears. somebody taps me on the shoulder. And it's the the woman that I was standing uh, next to in line, and she got me a ticket. How kind. She like, got me a ticket with her. She said, my friend stepped away. I need a ticket for him, too. And she got it. Didn't even know my name. Don't know her name. But that's fandom. But she, that, was, that was super awesome. So it was an awesome fandom moment. Yeah, that's and, fandom. And uh, I got my Clark Gregg signature. Poor man saw so many people that day. Yeah. He literally could just shake a hand. And then now, of course, now it would be a fist bump because nobody would shake a hand. Um, he shook my hand, said, hey, thanks for coming out, and then signed my thing, and then I was gone. Like, yeah. it was literally that. And he had to do that because he had so many people waiting on Elizabeth Henstridge, on the other hand, um, who I got first, actually, mm. I think, um, she was so sweet. Mm. And she was talking to the people in front of me about where to get good Mexican food in <laughs> Houston. And, uh, and I was like, I'm not from Houston. I can't tell you anything about that. And she was like, hey, it's good to meet you. And she shook my hand and everything. And I told her my name. Oh. And she was like, oh, we work with it, Jeff. And I was like, Jeff Loeb, I know. He's a great comic book writer. And she was like, oh, you know, he's the sweetest man. And she, just, you know, oh. and she was just as sweet and lovely as she could be. It was a great interaction. And she had quite a few people waiting to see her, too. But she, she took, you know, it, she wasn't overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so she got to take a little more time. So that was really cool. And then yeah. I caught up with you and you had made the rounds of several doctors. Yes. Um, I think we ended up getting you got ended up getting all four that day. I did. And you've gotten some since then. I have. Um, and then not long after that, you were volunteering at that one in Dallas. Yes. And I went and spent my day. So my thing that day, because I hadn't really done the Doctor Who stuff in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, but in, in Dallas, Karen Gillan was going to be there. Yep. And Billy Piper, uh, Piper was going to be there. And Sylvester McCoy was going to be there. Oh, and there were quite a so few lovely. quite a few people. And so we had already booked a photo op with Karen Gillan. Yes. And uh, so I knew I was going to get to meet her at some point. But we were still trying to get autographs, too. Yes. And so I plopped myself down. I was going to go get into Karen Gillan's line. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Yes. Uh, Billy Piper's line 
was crazy as well, but it was smidgeless. It was a smidgeless, and I could get in the tail, kind of the tail end of that, and I think get through before, hopefully, before she went to lunch. But before I did that, I turned in Sylvester McCoy's line had nobody in it, and I Mm. think, and and I don't say that that's not an insult to him. I think it's that so many people, especially here in the states, are are, so used to the new are so used to new who and the new doctors that that was getting all the attention. And Sylvester was over there, and, and there was a there were two boys talking to him mm-hmm. at the time. Couldn't have been more than 12. And one of them was dressed like his doctor. Aww. And he was so involved in conversation with those two and talking about the boy's outfit and talking about... He was so... Like, he acted as though he had stood in line to see them. Yeah. And he was so into that conversation. I just remember thinking, what a gracious, kind man he is. Yeah. And so, I was almost... You know, like, he had such a good interaction with them. And, I mean, I can't tell... I can't name an episode of The Seventh Doctor. No. I primarily know him from the Hobbit films. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know he was the Doctor, and I know him from the the, uh, movie with the Eighth Doctor and his brief appearance in that. Oh, yeah, where he got killed. Yeah, but I don't have a big history with The Seventh Doctor. But... As an actor and as a person, I think he's a hoot. And so I just wanted to meet him. And so I go up and I had the the art that I was going to have everybody else on. Oh, that's right. And it's just a, a square of the TARDIS. Yes. And uh, and so they got done. And he was still talking to the boys. And the woman helping him at the table said, Were you, did you want a photo? Or And I said, could I have him sign this instead? And she said, oh, absolutely. And so I did that. And... Um, and he wasn't charging much for anything. I no, don't think. I don't think so. And so, um, so I paid whatever it was, and I went down, and he shook my hand, just as sweet as he could be. Like mm. if, if I could have sat down and had a tea. cup of tea, tea, and just listened to him talk, I would have done that for hours. Yeah. And um, but he was so sweet, and I said, "Would you mind signing this for me? I'm trying to get as many signatures, you know, as I can." And he said, "Do you mind if I draw on it?" Oh. And I'm like. No, why oh, would I? Why no. would I mind An that? Original Sylvester McCoy. And so he drew himself as the Doctor peeking out of the window of the TARDIS, of the TARDIS with his with his little umbrella handle coming up alongside him as he peeks out, and then he wrote, "Sylvester McCoy was here." <laughs> so cute. And I just like that was one of those interactions as a fan that even though I'm not a fan of his Doctor per se. Mm-hmm. I'm such a fan of him yeah, he's, as a person. Yeah, he's he's so charming and he's so so kind. just an amazing person. And then you ran past his table with our son. I did, the next day. And you just happened to catch him, and he, he like, gave you stuff, didn't charge you. Like he no, just, he just, like, signed it and gave it to us. It was amazing. Yeah, just super sweet man. And so, um, but after I was done with him, I walked away from that, and I was like, oh, i got to jump in Billy's line and get through. And I got there, and you took your break. This yeah, is where things went awry. Yeah. I was trying to make sure that we had the right cash amount for everything, and somehow we just... And so, so I, you, you came by and said, well, I can use my employee privileges and jump so, the line. Yeah. That, so just shout out to 
that, like if you're a convention volunteer, you can get a couple, depending on the convention, of course, you can get a couple of perks. You can get like, you know, convention exclusives at the convention store, which is where I work. This is a fan expo con. This is a fan expo con. So, yeah, so different things for different cons. And of Um, course now, who knows? Who knows? But but that was one of those things is you can get, you could get a couple of line jumps for an autograph if you, if you wanted them and like they would allow you to make sure, they would make sure that you would get something you wouldn't have to necessarily wait the whole time especially if you were volunteering that day or whatever it was but you got you got line jumps right but but not unlimited and so i was already in line for billy piper and you came by and said do you do you want me to go ahead and get karen gillen's autograph while i'm on break because i can jump that line and i thought well yeah because we're gonna i mean i'm gonna get to meet her anyway because we're gonna do the picture Mm -hmm. but we're not gonna get her to sign anything there so if you can jump the line so but i need the i need the picture back for Billy to sign. And so I gave you the thing to have her sign. And then I had to. And you took it over. And then you brought it back. And I realized I'm in this line. It's moving rapidly, too. And I realized that suddenly, because I've given Heidi the cash to go and get Karen's autograph, I don't have the cash for Billy's autograph. But Oops. I'm already in this line. Uh-oh. And it's moving. And so Heidi's like, okay, I'll go get cash. So she gives me back the artwork. And she runs to go get cash. Well, if you've ever been to a con... <laughs> Just bring your own cash. You know, don't, don't even try that don't the even. ATM at a con it, is going to be about thirty-five people deep, at least at its slow moment. Yeah, and it was that the you're going to be waiting there. So I'm in this line, sweating bullets, <laughs> and Heidi's texting me, "I'm number thirty-three. Oh my gosh! And yes. I'm like, and I'm, you know, and and Billy's going through people like Kleenex. I mean, she's being so sweet, and and everybody's getting their moment. But probably because I was so nervous about it, it, it just felt like she was speeding through everybody. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. So I get about 14 people away. <laughs> and Just 14. And I, I lean over to the woman working that line for the convention. And I said, I hate to, to do this. I said, but my wife is a volunteer here. She's working here today. And she skipped that line to go get but she took my cash when she did and she's trying to bring me cash and so i explained the whole ridiculous scenario it was a terrible scenario i i and she's like well is she gonna bring you cash i said she is but i don't know how long it's gonna take there's a line and she said well you don't have much time because billy's gonna be leaving for lunch and she doesn't know if she's coming back after that because she's got photos and this and that and she hasn't decided yet and i'm like okay well um i don't know what to do and she said I said I don't want to, I don't want to get out of line, but I also don't want to hold up the people behind me and have them miss her, you right. know. And she said, "Well, stand here with me, and uh, you know, to the side of the line. We'll let everybody else go, and hopefully your wife will be back by the time the rest of the line's gone." Well, there were there were still plenty of people behind me. Sure. So I get out of line and I stand there with her, and I keep texting Heidi, and Heidi's like, "There's 20 people in front of me." I'm like, there's "Oh a, no, there's 18. Oh yeah. no, there's a problem with the machine. Yeah, the machine is broken and spewing flames. You know, yeah, it's like one thing yeah. after another." Giant dragon came down, so we, stepped on it. Yeah. I don't know. So we get down Cosplayers. to like we get down to like five people, and the woman next to me she says, "Well, is your wife coming?" I said, "There's still." She says, "There's like twelve people," and she said, "How much are you short?" I Aww. said, "I'm short fifteen dollars," and she said, "And your wife's working here?" I said, "Yeah," and she said, "If I support you, the, if I if I loan you the fifteen, you make sure I get it back." I said, I will not leave this spot until you get it back. Like, not only will I make sure you get it back, like, I will stand right here if you want me to. And she's like, okay. So she goes to find her purse, which is back behind the curtain where Billy's sitting. And as she does that, Billy finishes with the last person. (laughs) 
And I'm just like, like I said, sweating bullets. I'm just like, oh man, this day. And <laughs> and as she's coming out with her purse, the people on either side of Billy have stood up, and they're gathering their things. Billy stood up, and has taken her purse, her bag, and gathering up her things, picked up her water bottle, and she's turned. And the other two people have opened the curtain for her to walk back behind the table. And the woman who grabbed her purse for me, she says, Billy, I'm sorry, we had one more. Can Is it okay? And she goes, oh, of course it's okay. And she sat right back down in that chair. And I I don't know how I apologized. I was, it was probably like verbal diarrhea. I, I was so... <laughs> Likely. I was so sorry that I kept her waiting and so sorry that I had to borrow $15 from somebody I didn't know. <laughs> But she was like, oh, darling, don't worry about it. And she just signed, and she was so sweet. She made the whole thing seem like it was okay. I made sure the lady got her money back. Yes, because I came. I think I came bounding up maybe like two minutes later. Right, so we made sure she got her money back. And I was I was so thankful to her. I was like, listen, you didn't have to do I, I appreciate that. I did not. I, I was desperate to get that signature, but I did not want to keep her waiting, and I didn't want to mm-hmm. mess up your day or anything. And she was so sweet yeah. about the whole thing. And so... That's the that's the bright side of fandom. I mean, there are so many people who understand, you know, being in that situation and like just fans looking out for fans and it's so it's so lovely when that can happen. Really right. is. Right. And you know, most of my con experiences have been really good and I, I know other people that have had some fantastic uh ones. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've gotten to work at one con, but it wasn't for the side it wasn't on the side of the con it wasn't i wasn't working for the con uh but i could sell books at a con oh that's right i forgot about that yeah and um and a buddy of mine offered to share a table with me said bring your books you can sell them i'm going to be doing my i'm going to be selling my artwork and so uh the aforementioned jason webb invited me to share his table and i i went up to sell books and it was such a fun day because i was surrounded by people enjoying their fandom whatever it was there's lots of there's plenty of Harry Potter, plenty of superheroes, plenty of everything. I was not in the author's section. So nobody was looking for books where I was at all. Everybody was looking for artwork. But that's yeah. okay. I had a good time with my friends. Sold a few things. Talked to some interesting people. Very interesting. <laughs> but that's, that's I wasn't the, there, but I, I was told it was very interesting. But that's the other side of, you know, that. Like, you, you have to know that when you're talking about people that are fanatics, which is where that fa- word comes from. Fan. Yeah. That... Uh, that when you're dealing with fanatics, you're you're gonna run into weird. Oh yeah. You know whether it's, you know, um, just people that are overly exuberant about being there, mm-hmm. and and some of the chaos that comes from that, or you know the the weapon checks where people are having to have their props uh, taped up and you know peace peace bonded. Right, and yes. all that stuff, so that so that everybody knows that they're not real. Yes, and um, and all of that. Or um, I remember trying to take photos. Um, this was happened at the at the uh, Dallas Con, I believe. I tried to take photos of someone in uh, My Little Pony get up um, because our daughter loved that at the time. Big yes, fan. still does, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, she still but, does. Um, but two women were dressed up as ponies, and I could see that from behind. Mm-hmm. And so I went to go ask them if I could take a picture of my daughter, and when they turned around, they were like nightmare versions of the... They yeah, they were, were like, like zombie. Zombie, zombified. Yeah. 
Zombie ponies. Like, oh, I cannot show that to my daughter. No, but here, but let's go ahead and just take a picture. Hey, make y'all feel good. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Like, I actually really, really love the whole cosplay aspect of it. Like, they, it's just, it's really interesting to see people's creativity coming out. Really interesting to see people's talent as far as putting together uh, really great costumes, like to emulate their favorite characters or characters they feel like they can look like or look up to. Um, and then, like, the creativity. So, like, you got the zombie, the zombie ponies. And, like, I've seen... Uh, you know, I'm part of um, a Facebook group right now, and people were posting their cosplays, and there was, like, a group of um, African-American gentlemen who were dressed as the sailor, uh, like, sailor um, moon and all the sailor planets, but they were dressed in DC uniform style things. So it was like Sailor Wonder Woman and Sailor uh, like oh, Superman. Cool. It was like a great mashup of all of them. And I thought it was a fantastic thing. So people have just really come out with the creativity. So the day that we did uh, go as a family, I cosplayed as the third doctor. It was my, my one and only cosplay, um, which I love doing. And I, it was really we fun. We got a picture of you in a TARDIS too that day, I believe. We did. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun to have people recognize that I was trying to be the third doctor. So and that I was remember, kind of neat. I remember that Karen Gillan did fist bumps because you had told me that. She yes. didn't shake hands. She, she did, did not shake bumps. hands. She did fist, and fist bumps. And so as we went in for the photo op with her, mm-hmm. I was the first one through the things. I, I raised my fist for a fist bump. And she gave me a good one, but she was wearing a massive ring that hurt like Hades. <laughs> um, but that was okay. I was so excited that we were there. And our you picture can, is so awkward because my daughter is like sliding out of one arm. And I think I was holding her son. And yeah. And, and I was so, the third doctor and I was holding him. He was like, <laughs> he's sort of like one third of the way facing the camera. And she is so tall. She is extraordinarily I'm not sure, tall. I'm not sure which of us was more awkward, um, <laughs> but I think we all were, and I think we got her there, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we, were, we were an incredibly awkward family photo. That's right. Yes. But, um, but for me, yeah, the awkward stuff for me at that con trying to sell was my interactions with customers, not, not the con itself. So oh. The con itself, like, um, I think uh, Lou Ferrigno was there, and oh, yeah. uh, Ray Park me. was there, you and all those that. guys are so kind. They're friends. There were some wrestlers there. Nice. Um, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was there, and he was Hacksaw. so friendly Hacksaw. to everybody. Hacksaw. Uh, my my friend's got a great picture of Hacksaw choking him, oh. uh, which is fantastic. So he loved that, I'm and he sure. just oh he was and Hacksaw loved it. Like he was eating it up and having his wife take photos of people, and he wasn't even charging people for that stuff. He was taking their phones and taking pictures. That's and, fantastic. And doing all that stuff. So yeah, it was it was lots of great interactions. Um, but then I my favorite I had two favorite interactions with people that came to my booth. Um, one was a girl that was not looking to buy anything on my table. Um, but she came up, she was dressed all in green. She had a, a vine painted up her face. And, uh, and so I wasn't quite sure what she was supposed to be. And she, she came up and she, it was like an, it was like an in-person AMSR video. She was, she was talking really softly. Really like this. And all I got out of anything she said was art. And I said, are you looking to buy some art? And she, she nodded. And so I had an artist on each side of me. My friend Jason was on one side. Alan Grimes, another great artist. Uh, you should look up his stuff. But he uh, also was he was on my left. And so I said, were you, were you looking for this art or for this art? And she pointed to Alan's stall. And I said, okay, let me. And I'm like, this poor girl, she's <laughs> not going to get his attention at all because it's so loud. You know, cons yeah, are loud. They are very loud. And so I said, uh, Alan, this young lady was wanting to buy something from you. And, and uh, he said, what, what were you interested in? And she said, nothing. 
you know, whispering again. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it wasn't until she left that I realized she was a wallflower. Yeah. That was her cosplay. That was her cosplay. And she was so committed to her wallflowerness that she almost didn't get anything that she wanted because nobody could hear what she said. Uh, um, and I'm like, that's, that's okay. I get it. But yeah. it's also like I'm trying to help you get what you want. Like, that seems like more me. like a costume party sort of thing. Like that would be a fun thing yeah. for a costume party, but not necessarily. I mean, it, maybe it comes from a book or something that I'm not aware of or, yeah. or something, you know, or an anime or something. I'm, I'm old. I don't know everything. No. What? Um, yeah. But, um, and then the other the other great interaction was someone who was asking me about my books. And, and she had to have been, I'd say in her late 50s. Oh. Maybe the, early 60s. This and, customer. And she said, um. And she's looking at the books and everything. And of course, I had a little spiel worked up. And a so little I was, elevator speech. Yeah, and so I so I'd, I'd ask people how they were doing and if they're enjoying the con and everything. And I'd say, was there something you know you were interested in in particular and and that kind of thing. And she said, well, what's this story about? And I said, well, that that particular one is a short story. It's a it's a horror story. And I said, that's a you know, it's a handmade chat book that I have. They're limited edition. They're all numbered and uh, and. Uh, and she said, with no change of expression or no anything, she said, well, I'm not allowed to read scary stories. My mama says that they give me nightmares. And and in that moment, it's like I'd seen enough stuff throughout the day that I, I didn't know if it was if I was being played or if she was genuine. And um, so I just said, well, that one's probably too scary then. Yeah. Do you like fantasy? And uh, so I showed her some other things, and and she asked me about. She asked a couple of questions about the fantasy, and I showed her. I at the at that table, I had something exclusive for that con, which was a two book set, and I showed her that, and all the extra stuff that came in it. And she said she wanted that, and I said, well, let me let me get you a, ba- a bag and and bag that up for you. And she said, no, my my mommy got me a bag that I can roll around with me because backpacks are too heavy and I can't carry a lot of books and backpacks and I just and she and and the thing is you know I, I've worked with people with developmental disabilities I've, I've done that kind of work Same. and she didn't strike me as uh, someone with with those sorts of factors at play and so I was really unsure whether I was whether it was a gag or whether she was playing a character that I was unfamiliar with or what was happening so, and so all i could do in the moment was just go with it yep. and say well that sounds great i'm glad your mom doesn't want your back hurt that that wouldn't be good you know and i just go and with i it. just went with it and i still don't know and it doesn't matter yeah you know and because as long as she was having a good time yeah. at the con and my favorite thing that wasn't really connected to me at all but at, at that con there was someone dressed as severus snape who just went around insulting people. That was literally his only... People would stop him and say things to him or ask him things, and he stayed in character every minute of that con. That had to and, be so enjoyable. And I'm like, what a fun way to spend the con where you just... It's expected that you insult people. Yeah. And all you have to do is just use your wit to just you know, be, throw be, barbs at people. Be the character. Yeah. That and, was and you have free reign to do it because everybody's expecting you to do it. Yeah. Um, I saw that. I saw a... Um, Really particular cosplay. A really particular cosplay uh, of uh, which was uh, someone walked by in a spider in a uh, sorry in a Fantastic Four costume, with a paper bag on their head, uh, bare feet, bare hands, and a, a kick me sign on their back. And as he walked by, I was like, "Hey, Spidey!" And he waved at me, and I, and my friend was like, 
Is that supposed to be Spider-Man? It's yes. Like, it's a very particular Spider-Man from one episode, yeah. or from one issue, one particular issue, where Johnny Storm put a kick me sign on his back after he had to borrow a costume from them, and he didn't have, they don't wear masks, so he yeah. had to put a paper bag on his head. That was fantastic. And I was like, that's great. You know, if you're going to cosplay, go, be, go specific. Yeah, go, be very know, creative. Make people guess. Yeah, you know? be, be super creative like that. And I loved like I said, I love all the creativity in cosplay and how uh, people put together their just everything that they do with it. So, right. like, I met a girl who was Applejack from My Little Pony, and she, right. I mean, not not gung ho, but she had the hat and the outfit, and she was just Applejack. So yeah. it was great. And you know, at those cons, you find a lot of indie artists who aren't necessarily working on you know comics or whatever. Although you f- you find that too, and that's a lot of fun. I always love checking out the artist booths and oh yeah, lots of lots of great stuff at those artist booths. But, but lots of indie writers too, uh, sci-fi and fantasy and um, sorry, I lost my thought and and a burp. <laughs> I just was like trying to <laughs> trying not go? to burp into the microphone. Oh, <laughs> um, no, you see a lot of that, and so because I'm not as um, aware of some things. I, I always pick stuff up and look at, you know, read the back of it or whatever. And I found, I bought artwork um, yeah. from people that were not big names and, you know, in the comic book community or anything else. But I, I bought some work that I really love at those cons because that's where you can get it. And yeah. it's like, I see stuff that I'm like, man, I'll never see that anywhere else. Yeah, that's a, it's, that. a, it's a really great way to support local. I mean, if you're really interested in being, you know, a, a part of your community and supporting local artists and writers and that sort of thing, that's a, a con is a great way to do it. And that's, that's kind of why our YouTube channel and this podcast are so centered into pop culture-y things because... It's really just us. It's really kind of part of the building blocks that makes us us. And yeah. we um, have been involved in those sort of things for a long time. And, yeah. you know, whether it's a deep dive into a fandom like we were with Buffy or on the fringes of something, um, you know, Heidi didn't grow up reading comics like I did, but she's uh, seen all the MCU movies and is on board. And, and, and I, I mean, tell her stuff and we... You know, you grew up watching the cartoons yeah. and those kinds of things. So, so there's there was already a working knowledge. It's, yeah. You're just coming at it from a different angle Definitely. than I was. Um, and that's, you know, so when we go to these things, it's, it's new worlds everywhere. Yeah. You know, from crafts and cosplay to artwork and comics. And, you know, you can find all kinds. Of, oh, Funko Pops. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. <laughs> uh, I, it's a world of Funko Pops out there. It is a total world of Funko Pops. I it's feel like... It's a dangerous place for a guy like me. Yeah, especially, like, a lot of them are just so... Like, it just seems so affordable. It's like, you know, 8 or $9. And well, because they always have a deal. They always have a deal. You get three for, like, you know... Three for 20 bucks or, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And Four for 20 whatever. Something. And I let me say, I, I don't have a running count of how many Funkos, but when we moved, we're like, we are not buying any more of these. How many are in our apartment right now? We're not... I'm not answering that question. I'm pleading the fifth. Yeah, exactly. But and you bought me some of them. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did buy you so some I'm of them. Taking the, I'm not taking all the flack for that. No, no. But that's the thing. It's like there's just, we have so many th- fandom things that we love and we love to support and love to, uh, we would love to display better, but we need a better room for but, that. But here's the thing uh, on fandom is that no matter what corner of it you're coming from, whether you're a Star Wars fan, whether you're uh, Battlestar Galactic sliders, whatever. Star Trek. Uh, yeah. VR five. VR five. Oh, whatever. VR five. <laughs> Man, I miss that show. 
There's your Anthony Stewart head connection. It really is. It really, really was. Um, which I got to meet him too. Yeah, Shelby and I both did. Oh, um, that's right. And oh, 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 Bruce Campbell. We've met. We met him separate places at separate times. Even that's right. That was that was pretty amazing. Uh, he was signing. What was he signing? If this chin could talk. Right. That was way or back chins when. Chins could kill. If chin, okay, yeah, back in whatever it was, it was the big Barnes and Noble and Union Square in New York City, and I got I got his autograph on that book for Jeff. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That was before you were a Texan. That was before I was a Texan. Uh, you know, I think I, I can qualify now. I've been here. I for believe he signed that book, Jeff. Where the hell were you? I think you're right. Like I think yeah, you're right. Campbell. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> and then I met him when the when his second book came out, and he, um, which is how to make love the Bruce Campbell way, I believe <laughs> is what that book is. Called. I love his books. They're great. <laughs> They're great titles and just really fun books. Yeah, and so I went to a Barnes and Noble somewhere in Dallas. I don't remember uh, which location, and took my oldest child with me, mm-hmm. Shelby, and we stood in line. The line went upstairs <laughs> and around stacks of books. It was like this windy line that they had. Windy line. And we got up there, and by this point, he was already on burn notice, and so he oh, he was dressed. Love that show. He was v- dressed very much like Sam Max that day. I I, th- I feel like that he just walked in off right. off the street onto the set w- wearing his normal clothes that <laughs> except way. That we, except that we weren't in Miami. No, um, but yeah, but yeah, but he uh, he walked up, and the way they told you, you had to put your name, uh, whatever you wanted it signed to, you had to put it on a, a post it. Mm-hmm. and stick it on the front of the book so that he knew how to spell it and, and to do that without it taking a lot of time and having to go through two or three people's hands. And so uh, it, it just said, I, I wrote Jeff and Shelby because I, I wanted her to be included since she was with me. And so I wrote Jeff and Shelby. And we got up there, and, and of course by that point she was old enough to know who he was, and she'd seen movies, and I think I'd subjected her to Evil Dead and those kinds of things. Really? Yeah. I feel like she yeah. might have been young for that. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but, uh, but, 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 but we walked up and, uh, and he looked, you know, we slid the book in front of me, looked at the book and he looked up at us and we looked back down at the book and he looked at her and he said, I'm guessing you're Jeff. <laughs> and she just kind of grinned at him and he looked up at me and said, and Shelby. Yes. It's weird. Okay. And he signed it for us and yeah. everything. And just a sweet guy, cool guy. Um, but yeah, we've had those kinds of interactions. But the thing is, no matter where we've, delved into fandom there's always stuff we don't know yeah you know and, and especially as our kids grow you know we we Ooh. find they get into things and it's like i've never heard of this thing and and yet then i look and it's like the biggest thing ever yeah in you know between 10 to 12 year olds or something and something. it's like oh okay i've never heard of this i didn't know this was a thing yeah uh and then heidi recently has gotten into a weird little corner of uh Instagram where she gets ads for oh. for sci-fi or fantasy books that yeah, um, they're just they're wild. They're probably they're probably indie writers like myself yeah. um trying to get their work out there. Yeah, a lot of but, um, but some of the approaches to those ads are very funny and it could almost be a fandom in and of itself. Like oh, I'm a fan of those ads. I those am ads a are hilarious. Big fan. I have I've subjected my coworkers to me uh doing dramatic readings of these ads. Uh and so like for anyone who has watched or listened to us, you know, I, I used to work in advertising and yeah. I still love it to this day. I'll, I will critique um, any commercial that you put in front of me, uh, print ad, whatever. I love all of them. I love looking at them, just kind of knowing what goes into them. And But sometimes the copy, like the writing is 
cut and paste from one cut, to well, another. cut and paste for sure but also just subpar um and so you kind of wonder uh where it's coming from who wrote it so it's like oh she is a selkie descended from the selkie princes of i had to ask what a selkie was yeah i didn't know what it was either until i started looking at these ads um but yeah it's like you know this like this girl it's always like a girl who didn't she was a bit sulky <laughs> right <laughs> it's always about some girl who didn't know that she had some hidden background like a half angel or like you know uh a fae but she doesn't have he any was magic a demon hunter from mars yeah he was a so demon hunter from mars could they make it work and could they run from the trouble that some trouble that they they've gotten into or whatever like there's some there's always like a girl who didn't know what her ba- magical background was uh, a broody guy or set of guys right. uh who all want to be with her but maybe don't because it's enemies to lovers that sort of thing and then they're all there's always some big big like over huge like doom that's kind of bearing down on them um that they have to like work through while they're working out their relationship with each other and it's like you know uh she uh she was the last werewolf in scotland he was the the hunter of every werewolf in europe but somehow they have to get together and they like co-owned a bakery a bakery in switzerland yeah yeah something like, oh, no they they, could they make it work could they make it work with their with their adopted <laughs> selkie i mean if there's so, yeah there's, there's so a lot of selkies in these um, yeah, you know i'm actually pulling that out right. that was like maybe two ads that had selkies in them but all uh, it's always like you know uh, a girl who didn't know she was half fey or half angel or half something or right. whatever rogue demon hunter something and then they have to like like beat this doom and trouble and it's just so interesting and it's i love here's here's the thing love that stuff yeah you you see that stuff and we 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 laugh at it because not because there's anything wrong with people writing what they want to write no there are people who love to read it yeah there's a there's a big market for this apparently it's just finding something new that we didn't know there was a market for that seems so far removed from things it it seems so specific but there was there was like um i think there was a stretch of time where I was tormenting a coworker um, with these ads because it was like they were doing testing for it, you know? And so like, if you've ever worked in advertising, you know that, that you test to see, you know, who, if people respond to a certain type of ad versus another. And so I would see the same copy on different, you know, Photoshop images. Uh, and so it would be very similar. Oh, oh, it was the same exact copy. It was like, you know, she, well, no, I mean, the images would be oh, like, the there'd images. be a pregnant woman, but there'd be different pregnant, women. different pregnant woman, same torso of a guy. Like you didn't even care who the guy was. It was just, he was just a torso. Just a torso with some sort of like tattoo on one, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was just a torso, but it was like one of them had like this, like, you know, really cute pregnant girl, like, of course, it was like a a cartoon, so whatever, but like she was like kind of grinning and whatever, and it was like, you know, oh, haha, I'm pregnant, or whatever, like the kind of look, and then like another one had the exact same copy, exact same male torso, and then it had this, like, an actual real photograph of like a woman, like, looking like she was throwing up, but pregnant, and I'm just like... Which the love one? affair broke all the rules. He loved chocolate. She loved peanut butter. <laughs> it's like, but with, but so they were trying to see which ad with the same copy and the same torso, but the different pregnant woman, like the cute one or the throwing up one. I'm like, which one gets us more click throughs? Right, and it's like, um, I really don't want to read a book about somebody throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. If I'm going to take your copy for what it and your imaging for what it's worth, then I, that's going to be something that I'm going to have to ha- have a hard no. Right. So, but the thing is, and, and to kind of wrap this all up, we we say a lot when we're doing reactions to TV shows that you know there are characters that maybe we're not drawn to, um, 
but that character is somebody's favorite character. Oh, for sure. And I think that I think that's true of fandoms and and things you know, like all of the things that fans love that we gravitate to, um, different fandoms, different followings. Um, everybody has their thing yeah. that they're into. Even and, throwing um, up girls. Even throwing up girls, uh, even selkies, and, um, <laughs> and <laughs> even sulking selkies, uh, and, and the Gankanaks. Right. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that was a new one for me too. I didn't right. know what a Gankanak was before, and I didn't even know how to pronounce it. Right. That's just somebody from Canada, right? No, it's not. No, um, it's not a Gankanak. <laughs> Good gravy, boats. Now we're gonna get the Canadians. A gang, a gang of Canucks. Yeah, we're gonna get the Canadians yeah. politely trying to beat us. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no. That's to me is kind of the magic of fandom is that you you can be a part of something that you feel like nobody else is into. And then you can go to a con or something and find out that there's like a, a whole, lot of you. A whole bunch of people that you can just commune with. Sure. And and you don't even have to go to a con for that. There's places online for that and, and just you know Things, especially in this day and age, because of the technology we have, they they take on their own life, you know, outside the realm. Whether you're talking fan fiction or fan made movies, or oh my gosh, I mean, how many of those have we seen? We saw, Star Wars we've seen some for, really good ones. Right, like they surely they might have been like a like a, a final exam for like somebody's class, but they were really good. Right, and so there are so many ways that people can jump into a fandom and and really kind of own it in their own way, and and um, you know feel attached to both what they love as far as the show or the book or the, you know, game or the anime or whatever. And yet also to a community of other people who love that. Now they may not agree about every single thing, but they agree that they love that thing. Yeah. Um, And sometimes that's a really sweet feeling. You know, I was in line with a bunch of people that loved agents of shield and that's all they cared about. And they saved me a ticket. That was so kind. And um, yeah, so that's that's really it. So this this is just kind of our way of filling you in on who we are as geeks and nerds and uh, sci-fi ish thing, um, fantasy. Yeah, you know, the the weird some of the weird fandom things that have <laughs> contributed to the weirdness that is us, and uh, and why we like to talk about these things. So whether we're talking about comics or movies or TV or whatever we're into at the moment, um, whatever we as a subject for our next podcast who knows but um can connects we're not doing that <laughs> Come I'm, putting, on. I'm putting my foot down you're putting, putting my foot, huff i'm putting my huff down is that it wait do gun connects have hooks no they don't have hoofs? Hoofs. they don't have hooves they don't have hooks or hooks what do they have they have neither no they, they have, have they have wings actually i think oh okay i think yeah they're fairies vampire fairies oh. i think that have roofy skin so, so edward Anyway, that's it for us for this time. We'll be back next time with Pop Pop Culture. Until next time, folks. Bye. Bye.